Hey, thanks, worship team. That was fantastic. Thanks for leading us this morning. And uh, thank you for the invitation to come and share the word with you today. Before I do it, I, I just want to say I personally appreciate your love and your concern uh, shown to my brother when he was sick and the celebration of life that you put on for him. That day was impactful. Thank you for that. It's hard to believe six, year, six months, six months ago to this date, to this date was the day that he went into glory. My mother pointed that out to me when she, she found out I was coming here to speak. That'll be six months, six months, John. Thanks, Mom. My, my church, uh, Fairview Baptist Church, is pleased that I'm here today. In light of the journey uh, I've been on, uh, seeing my brother go and, and into eternity, but also in light of the journey you folks have been on. And, and let me tell you, my church has been praying for Richview uh, through this transition. And, and I, I also think they're pleased that I'm here, especially filling the pulpit for the, my former intern and former staff. We love Tyler. And we are pleased... We are pleased that he's here. He has left a hole back in Lindsay. Uh, but, um, Can't have him back. oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love him. We were blessed by him. And, uh, but I'm glad he's here to bless you folks. I, I really am, yeah. So before I start and get into the passage, let, 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 me, let me pray. Let me do that. Lord, we're here today to hear from you, to understand you better, to live our lives in a way that models after you, and, and we, we need your direction, and we thank you for your love, and we thank you for the way that you have given us direction through your word. And so, Lord, I pray as I open it up today that you would, you would bless our time together, and we'd just understand you better. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I worked for, in youth ministry for almost 20 years. Lots of joy working with young people and lots of excitement too, but, but sometimes it's complex and, and sometimes it was, it was difficult. So, it, it, trying to do events that attract young people and bring their friends out to can be difficult. And I would have a planning team. I said, hey, what do you guys want to do? And, and some would say, well, we, we've got to do sports. We've we got to do some sports events. If, if we did sports, the, the events would be so much better. And then I had others who would say, no, no, a concert would be good. And then I'd look at them and i said, what type of concert? Hip-hop, rap, uh, um, indie, pop, country? What type, of, what type of band do you want? Well, uh, it, it's tough. Some just say, well, I just like hanging out. Just like hanging out with my friends. What do you want to do? Just hang out. And then others would say, we want a Bible study. To be deep. It's good to hang out with the Bible. And, 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 and let's get serious. And, and planning events, it's sometimes so impossible for everyone to be on the same page and say, yes, I'll come out to this, and yes, I'll be part of this. And in this modern culture of ours, this all-about-me culture, doing events can be tough. And that all-about-me mentality has a huge effect on the church. And... And, and people have certain needs that they want met. 
People have certain preferences about the things that, 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 that they think the church should be about. And, and, and some people are quiet about it, and some people are quite vocal about it. And, and, and the church is also filled with, with people who have certain convictions on things, on how things should be done within the church. And how do you tell the two apart? There's preferences and there's convictions. What's a preference and, and, and what's a conviction? And how do you deal with preferences and, and, and how do you deal with convictions? And, and this, this morning I want to unpack that a little bit out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to take your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And in 1 Corinthians, we're, we're given a glimpse into a church that had significant problems. Church had significant problems. They, they were a gifted church, but they had used uh, their gifts incorrectly. Some of them had, were really gifted, and they prayed it around. They said, take a look at the gifts I have. I'm so much better than you because the gifts that God has given me are so much better than yours. And, and, and they, they were a diverse church, and they seemed to accept every type of individual coming through the door, which was fine, but they would celebrate some of the wrong things. Oh, you're having an incestuous relationship with, your, with, with, with somebody in the church. Let's, let's celebrate that today. Or, 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 or you visited the, the, the temple prostitutes this week. Oh, it's, it's okay. We'll turn a blind eye to that. And, 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 and they had some problems. And all those things are wrong to celebrate in the church, by the way, if you're confused about that. They had rich people. And they had poor people. And the rich people made sure the poor knew they were poor. Especially when it came to their love feasts and, 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 and celebrating communion, the rich would go first because they paid for it and lead with the poor to go last. They were a divided church. They were a divided church. And you know, as a pastor, I have challenges in my church at times. And when, when I'm facing some challenges with people and challenge, problems and things like that, I take comfort in the book of 1 Corinthians. My church is not near as bad as the church in 1 Corinthians. <laughs> and so the first chapter of 1 Corinthians gets into, right into the main issue they were dealing with. People dividing themselves over different leaders to follow after. And, and this church in Corinth was a mess. And, and the Apostle Paul writes to them and, and he gives them um, so, some teaching. The Apostle Paul was the first pastor at that church. In fact, he was a pastor who, who, who founded the church. You can read about that in Acts chapter 18. And, and he was there for a year and a half, and he taught them, and, and people loved him, and, and they were dear to him, and, and he loved these people so much, and he realized there were some significant problems there, and so he addresses them. And in fact, all the letters of the New Testament, if you really think about it, they're all written to churches to address certain problems. And churches run into problems. And today we're looking at a major problem within this church. They were dividing over leaders. And this is what it says in verse 10. It says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you should agree with one another in what you say and that there will be no divisions among you, but that you would be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some of you from Chloe's house ha have informed me that there are quarrels among you. 
What I mean by this is one of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. And still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized into the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except for Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanas. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone. For, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Ever been around those people who are opinionated on what to do? at uh, Canada's Wonderland. <laughs> the thing you got to do at Canada's Wonderland, they say, these, this one group of people might say, the thing you have to do at Canada's Wonderland is, is, is you, this year you have to go see the Yukon Striker and, and you have to do the Behemoth and, and the Leviathan. The big rides are the thing you must do. And then they're so passionate about it. And okay, okay, okay. But then you also meet the other ones who say, no, really, I, I kind of like the theater, and, um, and, and I also like the funnel cakes and, and the cliff diving. Yeah, those things are the good things. I mean, you got to do that. And, and, and then you also have the others who say, no, the only reason why you should go to Canada's Wonderland is for the water slides. If you don't get wet at Canada's Wonderland, there's no sense going. And, and, and you have these divisions, strong, opinionated people. And it seems that's what the way things were in the Corinthian church. That's the way they were viewing the different leaders, with passion and with strong opinion. There were divisions over their favorites, and, and, and some favored Paul. After all, he started the church, and, and, and many people came to know Christ under his ministry, and he was well-known, he, 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 he was a hard worker, and he had an emphasis on the Gentiles, and, 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 and he was, he was well-known throughout the, the churches, uh, uh, throughout, uh, throughout the Roman Empire. And he also seemed like he had a way of stirring things up, especially among the Jewish people, and some people said, yeah, give it to Paul. And, and then there's Apollos. In Acts uh, uh, 18.24, talks about Apollos' ministry. And he was the second pastor. And many people came to know Jesus Christ under his ministry. And, and we're known him, he's known for being an educated man. And he probably had a great deal of knowledge with the scriptures. And he shared that with the people. Th then there was Cephas. That is the apostle Peter. Cephas is his Aramaic name. And, and people heard of him. Maybe Peter came to visit the church at one point in time. Uh, maybe just a group of people heard about him and said, hey, we really like who this guy is and we want to follow after him. And uh, Maybe people liked him because they heard about him with Jesus and they could identify with him because he was the major foot-in-the-mouth type of guy. You know, open mouth, insert foot, that's Peter. Hey, I can identify with Peter. <laughs> then you have the other people. It was the people who said they follow Jesus. I follow Christ. You know, as much as that's the right answer to follow Jesus, it was not communicated in the right spirit. 
These Christ-only people probably felt that the, any type of human instructors within the church, it was wrong. We have to follow Christ, and I'm not going to follow any type of authority within the church. Even though Christ appointed teachers and leaders within the church. Could you imagine the quarreling? I, I, I believe Paul would say this, and another would say, no, I heard Peter say this, and, and, and another one would say, I, Apollo said this, and, 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 and the hyper-spiritual would say, Christ would say this. And this hasn't changed too much these days. Uh, some love hearing John MacArthur or John Piper, you know, they kind of put it on the line. And, and, and so others like Pastor Chuck Swindoll. And he, he's just a nice pastor. Or, or Ravi Zacharias, he, he, he knows his apologetics and he goes deep. Or, 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 or you have someone like Andy Stanley, who, who's, who's interesting and he can tell some really good stories. And, or there's Matt Chandler and a little bit more hip and different. And, and, and the list can go on and on and on. And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with listening to other speakers, other, these people. In fact, I, I would encourage you to hear, listen to these other preachers. Uh, the problem comes is when we start dividing over who's better and saying, my preference is this and we should follow after my preference. And Paul says in verse 10, he says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another and that you say that there are no divisions among you, but that you, that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. He wanted them to be perfectly united in mind and thought. There's a growing trend today, like never before, to break down denominational barriers and unite. And I'm all for uniting. But it depends upon what we're uniting about. We can't unite just for the sake of uniting. And as I've gotten together with pastors of other denominations, pastors of different churches over the years, this conversation comes up a few times. We need to not be united, they say. And, and, and I, I start asking questions. Well, what do you guys believe about, about the Bible? What, what do you believe about the way to heaven? What, what do you believe about Christ? And I'm pleased at times when, when, they, when, when they're very much on the same page as me. I say, yeah, I can unite with you. We can do things together. Let's do things together. And I call them a brother and sister in Christ. But there's others who I've been with who say, hey, we need to be united because Jesus says we need to be united. And I, and, and I ask them, well, what do you believe? <laughs> let's not get personal here. No, come on. What, what do you believe? Uh, let's not talk about what divides us. No, what unites us? We, we, we just can't unite for unite's sake. The only way I can spiritually unite with somebody is understanding how they see the Bible and how they see salvation. And and, and their view on the truth. And if we can't talk about those things, I, I, I can't unite with you. I, I love what Paul says about his attitude. In verse 13, he says this, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were, were you baptized in the name of Paul? And the answer is no. He says, I even thank God that I hardly baptized any of you. Because uh, you, you can't hold that up. Uh, and, and, and it's like, Paul says, yeah, Apollos and Paul and Cephas, they're just people. It's more about Jesus. It's more about Jesus and pointing people to Jesus. A number of years ago, I took a, uh, my youth group when I was a number of years ago, much younger. 
I took my youth group to northern Quebec, and we went to this town, the only really evangelical church in the town. And I knew the pastor there. I met him at a conference. He said, yeah, we'd love to have you come up. And we, we blessed the church and shared the word. And, and, and the youth group mess, uh, hung out with their youth group. And it was good. And, and we were billeted in people's houses for a couple of days. And I was there with somebody who, whose wife went to the church, but the husband didn't really go to the church. And I got talking to the husband. And I said, so why don't you go to the church? He says, well, I grew up at the church. I said, yeah, and why don't you go? Well, the pastor before this previous guy was there for 20 years. They didn't have a pastor for a long time because it's such a small church and nobody wanted to go to that community. But, but they had this, this pastor for about 20 years in that ministry. And, and he, was, he was a well-known pastor throughout Canada. And he says, the new pastor's not like my childhood pastor. I looked at him and said, you haven't had a pastor for years. Yeah, he's not like your childhood pastor. Your childhood pastor w w w was a great person, but why, why can't you just go to that church and hear the word from the new guy? He's just not like the old guy. Well, nobody will be like the old guy. Get over it. Move on. And, 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 and Paul says that these people need to be united in mind and thought thought around the person of Jesus Christ. Is Paul saying we always should share the same viewpoint on some things and there's no room for discussion? No, he's not saying that. There can be disagreements on certain things in the church. In Acts chapter 15, Paul and Barnabas, they were having a heated discussion and it turned into a debate within the church in Jerusalem over whether or not to allow Gentiles into the church. And it was extremely heated. It was a, a very difficult debate that they went through. And, and they formed a council, and the council wrestled with it, and they came to a conclusion. They said, yes, let's allow the Gentiles because the Lord has directed us that way. And that was the end of the debate. And so Paul leaves this thought for a while, and over in chapter 3, he picks it up again. In, in verses 1 through 9, let me just read that. It says this. Brothers and sisters, I, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. That doesn't make you feel good, does it? You're a you're child. You're acting childish. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're, you're still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Now, what are they jealous about and what are they quarreling over? He says, are you not acting like mere humans? For when you say, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are, are, are you not human beings? After all, who, who, uh, what after all is Apollos? And, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and, and, uh, and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. And, and so Paul tells us uh, how things work in the kingdom of God here. He, he, he tells us that, he, he tells us first of all that, that, um, that 
Apollos and Paul, they're, they're servants or slaves for God. And, and, and they came and, and they worked in, in that church. And, and he says that the church is, is God's field and God's building. And, and, and Paul and Apollos worked within that. In, in verse 11, it, it tells us this. For one, no, no one can lay any foundation other than the, the one that's already laid, which is Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stone, wood, hay, or straw... Their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring to light and will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. He, he says, we're, we're building something. We're, we're building this, this, this temple, God's field. And, and Paul laid the foundation. It was by God's grace that Paul laid this foundation, and, and God allowed Paul to do that. Anyone else could have, but God allowed Paul to do that. And, and the foundation that that Paul laid there was Jesus Christ. It's what the church is built on. And, 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 and these people realized that Jesus saved them from their sins. And others are building on that foundation that Paul was able to lay, and Apollos and Peter and others. And he warns them to build with costly things, things that are precious, things that, that will last, things that are eternal. And what are some things properly to build on? Well, salvation found in Jesus Christ. How he died on the cross for our sins and how he gives us eternal life. How he is the only way to the Father. There, there's no other way. We need to build on that. And, 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 and that, that's a foundational block. Or, or the Bible, the Word of God. We, we, we come back to this. and We might disagree with one another, but we come back to this. Or, or, or building up believers, building one another up, teaching them to go deeper in their faith and, and sharing the good news of Jesus, encouraging one another, living a life of humility, and sacrificing for each other, putting others' foot or first, putting the teachings of Christ in practice. Those are the things we need to be building on. And those are precious things. Those are things that last for eternity. Other things will be burnt up. What are the things that will be burnt up? When God's judgment day comes, only the precious things will last for eternity. The things that matter to God. And so when we, we need to think about this. What really matters to God? What, what are we building with? And Paul wants these believers to stop fighting over the little things. Can, can you imagine on Judgment Day for the Corinthian church, and, 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 and God says, hey, welcome to heaven. Glad you're here. What did you do for me on earth? Well, Lord, let me tell you. I made sure that the church knew that Apollos was a much better preacher than Paul. I did. What? What? What did you do with the commands I gave you? And, and, and how, how did others see me in the world that through you as you lived out your life in front of them? I made sure they knew Apollos was so much better than... What? You can see how easily Satan crept into that church and got these people sidetracked with things that don't matter. And today we might have people arguing on who's the better preacher out there. But there are many other issues that we get hung up on. What is your preference? What is your conviction? You see, our convictions are found in here, and our preferences are things we like or dislike. 
What are you willing to die for? Those should be our convictions. The Bible tells us what to do or not to do. For instance, lying. Should that be a conviction? Yeah, we shouldn't lie. Don't lie. That's a conviction I have, okay? Uh, Don't steal. It's a conviction I have. Uh, Love one another. That's another conviction I have. Bless and do not curse. That's another conviction I have. Uh, Jesus is the only way to the Father. That's another conviction I have. The the Bible is the Word of God. Another conviction I have. And and we can go on and on and on what the Bible says about convictions. Asia Bibby was in the news lately. A woman who is from Pakistan. She was charged with blasphemy in Pakistan. Many of us have seen this in the news. She now just came to Canada. She was prepared to die for her faith because she believed that Jesus is the Son of God and Jesus was God. People said, you blasphemed Muhammad and you blasphemed Allah. And, 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 and there were these false accusations against her. And the fact is, she was a practicing Christian. She was willing to lose her life for her faith. That was conviction. Verse 16 of chapter 3. It says this, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. When I was younger growing up in church, I was taught, 1 Corinthians talks about the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's our bodies. And, and you can find that in 1 Corinthians 6.19, which talks about our, our bodies being temples. But here, the temple is the church of Jesus Christ. Notice it's plural. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? As, as you come together as a church, God's spirit is within us. As we do things as a church, God's spirit is here in a very special way. And, and, and he says, if anyone destroys God's temple, how do you destroy God's temple? By fighting over preferences. God will destroy that person. Wow. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. And, and so we, we, can, we, can, we can get so wrapped up in different preferences that we have. And we can fight over things that really don't matter. There are some things worth fighting for. But we need to be very careful what we fight over. Some of our modern-day preferences can be quite emotional, let me tell you. They, they can be very emotional. I, I've <laughs> worked through these with others. Should I send my child to a Christian school? Should I send them to a home school? Should I send them to a public school? Well, what does the Bible say about that? Not a whole lot. Not, not a whole lot. Oh, my conviction is, well, what does the Bible say? That, that's, maybe your wisdom's driving that way. Maybe you've weighed all the options down and the wisdom's driving in a certain way. Okay, before you and God, that's great. But the Bible says you need to do this with schooling. It, it doesn't. Or, or how should we celebrate the holidays? Like Christmas and Easter and Halloween. Halloween's not a holiday, so you can't celebrate it. But no, <laughs> Remembrance Day. or the, the Bible really doesn't give us any guidance on those things. This is what you must do. It, it, it doesn't. 
And some people get all heated. The church should be doing this. Well, show me. Should we have a men's group? Should we have a women's prayer tea? Should we have a youth group? Should we have a book group? Should we have this group, that group within the church? And we can fight over those things. And what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible doesn't say anything about different groups within the church. What should you wear to church? Should you dress up? Should you dress down? The Bible doesn't say should we have an elders board or a deacons board, a, a trustee board um, in the church? Which, which, which type of board should we have in the church? And, and the Bible does talk about elders and he does talk about deacons, but it doesn't really talk about boards. And, and we need leadership in the church, don't get me wrong, but, but the exact way it is practiced within the church is not necessarily dictated in Scripture. Is it more biblical to use a Piano or a guitar for worship? Should, should you have a worship band or not? The, the Bible doesn't say. But we need to realize what's truly sacred, what, what's worth fighting for within the church. And, and we need wisdom for these issues too. We need wisdom for these preference issues. Don't get me wrong, we need wisdom for that. But rarely do churches split because of biblical issues. Very rarely does the church say, well, is this really the word of God? Well, I say no, and we split. You don't hear those things. It's it's usually hurt feelings. It's sometimes the color of carpet that they put in the in the library at the church. I'm leaving the church because they put the wrong color in. Or it's it's something that Grandpa did in the church years and years ago. My Grandpa did that, and I'm leaving because they did not want to do that anymore. Or type of toilet paper in the bathroom. One ply or two. Oh, foolish things. I'm willing to risk my career on preaching the gospel. I'm willing to put my neck on the line and stand up for the word of God. I'm willing to die for my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm willing to take flack from other people as I restore a fallen brother back into the church as he has repented. And th- those are some of the convictions I have. But the biggest conviction that I have is that Jesus is the only way to God. And, and, and there, there's, he, he came and, and he did something about my wrongs, my, my sin problem. And how he forgave my sin as he paid for it on the cross. How, how he died how he rose again, how he gives us a way to a holy, eternal Father. And I have a conviction that there was a time in my life where I surrendered my life to Jesus and he has taken control. Do you have that conviction? Do you have that conviction that he is your Lord, he is your Savior, he's the one in control? It's the most important conviction you could ever have. Don't leave this place until you have that conviction solved and within your heart and with your, with, with your heart within your mind. Give it over to Jesus. You haven't done that. Unfortunately, there are some people who would rather hold on to their convictions, their preferences, and, and, and let a church die over those things. And so, verse 16 and verse 17 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple 
and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred, and you yourselves together are that temple. What are you willing to die for? What, what are you willing to really risk destroying the church of Jesus Christ over? There, there is a battle to fight. Don't get me wrong. There's a battle to fight, but it's usually not in here. It's usually out there. And it's about sharing God's love and blessing and not cursing. It's about doing the work of the gospel outside so others can come in. That's where we need to be focusing our energy. And I would say convictions are those things that we should get amens in church. Let me see. Jesus is Lord. Let's. Okay, 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 okay. Jesus is coming back. Uh, the, the Bible is living and active. Amen. Jesus gives life and, 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 and he gives life to the full. Amen. Okay. For someone to say, we, we just outfitted the church's computers with, uh, with, with Macs and not IBMs anymore, PCs. This church is so good. Do we hear an amen? The Mac will be obsolete in a few years. But... Uh, and I might give you 10 reasons why a Mac's better than a PC. But in the end, it doesn't matter for the sake of the gospel. And so we need wisdom. But don't let our preferences sidetrack us for what's truly important. Be careful what you call a conviction. Be very careful for what you call a conviction because it better be found in here. Think long and hard about what you're willing to fight over. When I was in Bible college, I lived in London, and I, I went to my home church, and, and there, were, there were four of us that served in the junior high ministry program together, and four of us were in Bible college. It was a weird group. I, I didn't know that at the time, that it was so, so abnormal. The four of us, we used to fight over who could teach Sunday school on Sunday. We, Dude, you taught last week. I'm teaching this week. No, no, I, I want to teach. And we would, we would fight over this. The youth pastor would come in and say, oh, this is great. And, and, <laughs> and, and we, we just really wanted to teach. And, and the youth pastor would come in and basically have to pull the reins back. Okay, hold on, guys. And when it came to youth events, hey, let's do this, let's do this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And there was this synergy and energy and enthusiasm for doing the things of God. And, and looking back on my career in ministry, that junior high ministry was probably one of the most vibrant highlights of my life. Anyways, God called the youth pastor on to another church. And the four of us got together. Well, there were more than four of us, about eight of us that got together. But the four of us were dominant within that group. And I, I still remember this meeting after the youth pastor left. My, my good friend who was who was there, one of the leaders, he looked at all of us. He said, just want to let you know that I'm in charge now. <laughs> and the reason why I'm in charge is because I know what Pastor Dave knew and did. I, I, I knew exactly how he thought. And I'm going to run the ministry like he did. The three of us did not agree with him. And, and we said, look, you're, you're out of line. He goes, no, I know, I know. And, and we said, no, 
no, you don't. And, 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 and it, was, it, was, it was a fight. It really was. And it blew up, and, and we walked out, all of us mad. Thankfully, there was another pastor in the church who caught wind of this. And he met with us all separately. And uh, he rebuked us all. And he says, no. Nah. He told my friend, he said, uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's, that's your preference. It's not a conviction. You don't know what Pastor Dave thought. You're not Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave has moved on. If Pastor Dave wanted a certain way, he'd be healed. But, but, but it's moved on. The, the ministry has to go on. And he got us back together. And we all repented. And we realized that our preferences took over really what was truly important to see these kids go on for Christ. And, and it's amazing how these things can really get us emotionally wound up. And, and we go after preferences and we say, we, we've got to do this because of this reason or that reason. And I tell you that story because some of you may be carrying a torch for my brother Joe. I know that Joe made an impact on this church. I, I know that, and I praise God for that. And I, I know that Joe has made an impact for the sake of Christ on many of your lives. Let me tell you, he's made an impact on my life as my little brother. His passion for ministry. I, 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 I was so, I was, I, was, I was taken back when he says, hey, I'm moving to Etobicoke from, from, from Hamilton. I'm selling my house. And, and I'm, selling, I'm selling my stuff, and, and I, I'm leaving, and, and I'm going to get an apartment. I'm going to move in with my family there just to be close to the church. And it's like, wow. Okay, Joe, you're an inspiration to me. His energy and his, and his chutzpah, I, I, I can't imitate that. His love for the Old Testament. Um, and he has blessed you and challenged many of you to go on for Christ. A very unique leader and a very unique brother, too. Uh, and some of you loved him so much as a leader, and I, I, I thank you for that. And some of you liked him as a leader. And, 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 and some of you tolerated him as a leader. <laughs> and Joe has moved on to eternity. And let me tell you, I miss him lots. I miss him so much. But let me tell you what he told me in the time that I sat beside his bed and we talked about many things and we talked about ministry. He'd say, I want Richview to go on for Jesus. I, I want them to love each other more and love the world around them more. And it's not about Joe. It, it, it's about the same person Joe is worshiping today as you're worshiping today, Jesus Christ. And, and, and don't hold a torch for him. Joe would want it this way. Don't, don't do that. He wouldn't want that. D don't invoke his name. I, I think Joe would want it this way. I, invoke Jesus' name. Don't do it for Joe. Do it for Jesus. As Paul said, Paul said, I didn't die for you. Joe didn't die for you. Joe didn't take away your sins. Jesus took away your sins. Joe can't give you eternal life. Jesus gives eternal life. And, and today, God has placed Pastor Ed and, and Pastor Tyler here as your interim leaders for now. 
and God's going to bring someone else to you in the future to be with you for a while, it won't be Joe. (laughs) It won't be because no one is like Joe. But that person will want you to go on for Jesus too. He'll bring a different style. He'll be a, bring a different technique. He, he'll have a different type of gifting. But it better be about Jesus and about the word going forth. And I thank God for the honor of being Joe's brother. And seeing how God used him in 42 years. Christ was glorified in his life. But may this church move on for greater passion and desire to serve the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ. And may you live for convictions. And may you put your preferences to the side, pursuing convictions and, 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 and with passion and, and holding on to our preferences loosely, loosely, and wrestling those things through. And like I said, today, it's today's date, six months ago, that Joe went into eternity. Ten days prior to that, the music group Casting Crowns released a song. And I think as I was driving home from Joe's uh, celebration of life, I was listening to the Christian radio station, and, um, and, and the song came on. It was a song by Casting Crowns called Only Jesus. And as I listened to it, I said, I think that's the way that Joe would want to be, to have been seen, a good way that we all need to be. So I want to close and want you to listen to this song. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all make a name the world remembers but all an empty world can sell his empty dreams i got lost in the light but it was up to me to make a name the world remembers but jesus is the only
I don't care if they remember me. Only Jesus. What are you battling for? What are you living for? What are your convictions? Only Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your truth. And thank you for the raw reality of 1 Corinthians. How it reflects at times in our own lives as we, we struggle with focusing on the things that we should be convicted of and we drift off into our preferences. Lord Jesus, I, I pray that you would help each and every one of us to, to, to rethink and refocus and, and, and think about things that we, we need to have our minds set on before we start going on about them through our mouths. Lord, may we be people who passionately pursue the things that give you honor and glory. May our lives matter for you. May we live our lives that way. In Jesus' name I pray.